And it is episode 47. Wow, we're getting up there. We're here of the Cherokee Rewind. Glad to have you along. I'm Mick. Thanks for hanging out. My guest this time around is a guy who, uh, he's one of the more recent guys that played uh, when I was there with the, the Toledo Cherokee. And this guy goes by the name of Xavier Sudlow. And Xavier, first of all, welcome and thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Okay, so uh, Xavier, let me ask you here. Um, I always do this thing where I guess the, the I try to remember the number that you wore back when you played, and <clears throat> I'm still it, my in my head. I'm still not sure, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna if I if I if for some reason the number eighteen pops into my head. Am I close? You're close. That's it's not it though. It's in the it's in the twenties. Okay, was it? 23? Yes. Okay. Or was. Doggone it. I should have went with my first instinct. That would have been a whole lot better. But um, anyway, you know, we're glad to have you here. Um, Xavier, first off, uh, you're, you were originally a local guy, were you not? Yeah. Um, I moved to Sylvania when I was in the eighth grade and then attended Northview. And uh, the rest part of that is just you know, history went to Cherokee and thanks to Tio kind of courts me to play juniors and give it a try. Said I won't regret it and I didn't regret any bit of it. Well, let me let's let's get started here with the with the beginning. Uh, you talked about being you know from here in, uh, in uh, locally, Sylvania. How old were you when you got started playing hockey? I started really late for hockey, honestly. I mean, not really late, but I started playing when I was seven. Didn't put on a pair of skates until I was seven. Um, went to an open skate, put on skates, and picked it up just like that, and eventually just went through playing house track at Tama. I was going to say, uh, did you play mostly house league when you were growing up? When you were a little yeah, guy? I played house league. Yeah, yeah, I played house league all the way till my last year of like Bantams, and then I played travel B, the only kind of travel experience I ever had. Wow! So up until man, that is a while. So uh, yeah. what was it? What was it like? What was the quality of hockey like? Was it fun as you got older? Uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think I was all anywhere near being the most gifted. Um, I started actually playing defense, and then I think my second year Pee Wee, I moved up to forward. Um, but I mean, there is some guys that you know played in high school at St. Francis or St. John's that played house rec, but for the most part, you know, talent wise, obviously your talent stayed with in the travel league. So, yeah, well, uh, I mean, it, what was it like when you finally got to hit? I honestly was never a big hitter. My uh, dad would always have to beg me to just throw my bike. I was like a one bigger kid, and I just I was never my style. I don't think I played that way until high school when I was on varsity, where I I really had to make that part of my game. Yeah. Um, now, when you played uh, in, I mean, what what that had to be a really interesting transition. Uh, playing uh, forward after playing defense, uh, oof, that had to be an. What, what kind of adjustments did you have to make for that? Um, I didn't really make too many. I was always an offensive defenseman, so at least I had that kind of instinct. But you know, going forward, if anything, it made me more defensive forward, where I just made sure I did a lot of the little things correctly in the D zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, how old were you when you made the transition, you said, uh, when you went from D to O? Uh, uh, like Pee Wee, my second year Pee Wee, so that was probably like sixth grade, fifth grade. Well, who, who was your coach then? Uh, uh, my coach growing up, for the most part, was Batdorf. I don't know if you know who that is. Pretty famous, I, know the name. I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had him in squirt all the way to Bantam. Okay, so now um, 
you know, you, you, you go through all of that and then you go to, uh, you go to high school. Tell me about the, the time you played in high school. Uh, did you play, how many years in high school did you play? Did you play all four? Or? Yeah, about four years. Um, first year was JV. It was like that transition year where I played both. And then junior, senior year where I saw more time and playing time in varsity. Mm. But, but, um, so what was uh, what was your time like uh, for making the transition from JV to varsity? That had to be another um, adjustment for you, as far as you know what you were gonna, how you were going to train, what you put your body through, that kind of stuff. I mean, that probably had to be pretty crazy too. Yeah, I spent a lot of time. Um, you know, in summer you work out all the time with the guys and. I spent a lot of time focused on that and really dedicated to that. And then uh, just when I would play varsity, I literally most of the time would get a, a shift about every six, seven, eight games. So most of the time it was just warm-ups, and then it was just on the bench. You know, four lines, but at Norfolk, we usually only played three lines. So um, just that part of just gaining experience and, you know, not trying to get too down on yourself for not playing – especially, you know, where you just want to play, you know, it's high school, you want to play for your team and with all the students there, uh, playing JV, then going back down to play JV, you know, you're supposed to dominate games, put up points, get wins and stuff like that. So, um, I think my first game JV that year, I put up four goals in a game and we won four nothing. And then most of the time I just stayed up in varsity. Just, it just depends if I was scratched or dressed and just didn't really get a shift. So, Okay. Well, let me ask you, um, I mean, that had to be, tell me about that environment because I mean, we'll talk, we'll talk later about the junior environment, but, uh, in the high school environment, that's gotta be pretty jacked up though. When you're playing in front of all those, all those kids and all those fans, when you're playing varsity and then in JV, it's eh, not, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. So, Playing JV my first year, I just thought it was just, you know, a good transition period, getting used to what it was like, what's supposed to be like, and um, then getting your first taste of the varsity game and then going back to JV, it was like drop-in, open-skate, like, environment from a stand standpoint. Obviously, games are still intense and whatnot, but from, like, an environment, it's really, you know, you, you feed off the crowd, kind of like what we see in the NHL today with, like, no fans in the arenas it's mm-hmm. you know it's your passion that drives the intensity of the game that's kind of like what it was in jv and yeah the crowds in high school i remember you know district finals playing in a sold out tama which is like 2500 people um so like that environment never really got to me i always kind of thrive that so it was a lot of fun um, especially you know my junior senior year where getting more playing time and getting more involved and making plays and, you know, just enjoying what that time was. Wow. So, um, I mean, was it, did they kind of give you the rock star treatment when in high school, like in your classes and stuff, when, uh, you know, being that you were on the hockey team and, you know, you got, you know, all those, all those fans, the crazy fans and, and all those students going nuts for you uh, when you were, you know, when you were out on the ice and then of course what was it like when you were in school you know how they treat you they give you the like i say they give you the rock star treatment uh i kind of wish um <laughs> for me, i was never i was never uh you know the biggest star on the team like i said i was kind of like that that grunt worker that you see on some teams where you just do a lot of little things and it wasn't until, like my senior year where some classmates would go to games with my name painted on the back of their or on the back and whatnot. And, um, you know, my junior, we still had like Dalton, Zach Felser, Kobach, you know, more of like the household Sylvania names that, um, you like were used to seeing. And, um, so for me, it, I was never like that prime candidate to be like ever, but uh, just like I said, I didn't really get that to my senior year, which you know it didn't really bother me. Like classes and at school, I was never in that like popular in crowd. 
I was mm-hmm. able to, you know, move fluidly between like all the certain clicks that you see in high school. So I really did like that aspect. Yeah. Well, you know, Xavier, I was wondering too, because, you know, being, being a local guy and everything um, and looking at uh, what you might do or not do as far as when you were finished playing high school hockey, tell me what that talk was like when you met with T.O. as far as trying to get you to come out and play for Toledo. Yeah, he had to do a lot of convincing. I think it was like two or three phone calls because after senior year, I ended up operating my shoulder in the championship, state championship game, like first shift, just a normal kind of collision and my shoulder just separated. So like rehabbing that and trying to get to doing that, I couldn't really like lift at all. So I wasn't really sure if I really wanted to play. Plus major wise, what I wanted to go to school for at the time was very um, in depth and was going to take some time. So I was kind of thinking about that a lot, but you know, T.O. is just like, listen, just do one year. Just come out, or at least come out, skate, see how you like it, and see if you want to do it. Kind of like that old, that uh, you know, if guys are on the borderline of retiring, and then they get out there, and they're like, oh, okay, I can do at least one more year. It's kind of like that thing where, you know, he's kind of coerced me to, you know, just come out, skate, see what it's like, see what it's about. And, you know, if you don't like it, then you don't have to play, but I at least want you to come out and skate and encourage you to do that and you know i played at toledo so well you know you talked about playing in the state championship let's uh before we make the full jump into juniors let's talk about that uh i mean you guys had some some decent teams uh during that time uh what was that like uh tell me about the the playoff experience and what it was like going to columbus and playing in nationwide yeah yeah, it's honestly, it was so much fun. Um, you know, junior, uh, we went to states, and you know, it was like my first full year of you know playing a decent amount, getting a, a decent amount of ice time. You know, mainly as a PK role, but as like a shutdown or every now and then third line. Um, and uh, you know, going in there really leaned on a lot of the guys' experiences from beforehand. What it was like what's it like playing there? of the arena, the glass, and then just how actually hot it is. You just run through like an Under Armour through every period because you're it's just like that humid down on the ice, and you don't even realize that compared to like you know Tamo, you can just wear the same one the whole time. Uh, um, but then winning my junior year, that was insane. It's I'm still like even today, it's like hard to put into words like what that's like. Um, what that meant for the Northview program because that was the first state title in program history with the many runner-up uh, that they were and um, what it meant for the school and it's like the community and the alumni, like how proud the alumni were of us and uh, finally gave Northview that title that they desperately wanted and needed and um, and rightfully deserved too. I, it was just crazy experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, just though my junior year was probably the closest I've ever been with a hockey team. We just did everything together. We'd go to team dinners, and it would last like two, three hours just because we didn't want to leave. And then my senior year, different, a lot rockier of a season. You know, we had our ups and downs. Um, you know, a lot of people around us thought it was a rebuild district final game we scored like two goals in the last minute 14 to beat st john's to move on and um even in the semi-final game we kind of barely scooted by in the and then the final game we lost to shaker and uh it sucked that was you know experience both sides of it it really sucked and um but i still wouldn't trade the experience for anything it was still very humbling and a lot of growth personally and Honestly, if anybody can get to experience that, uh, you know, you just got to relish it and um, not take it for granted. Amen to that. So uh, so now you go through these things. Now, you talked about the, uh, the how close you were to those guys in uh, junior, especially junior year. Um, did how was it? What was it like in terms of uh, the locker room? Were you more of uh, I mean, even though you were still 
a a role player. You still, you know, you worked with the PK a lot and shutting down the other team's offensive lines. Um, did you find that you you were did did your role at all change from when you first started playing in high school? I mean, in terms of leadership. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm always like a quiet guy in the locker room. Always have been. You know, I'm very much lead by example, not the biggest vocal leader. Um, but going into my senior year, it was we lost like 12 guys that graduated. All of our leadership was basically gone. So going into my senior year, um, you know, coaches picked me as captain, as one of the three captains. And um, that meant a lot. I wasn't, you know, a Sylvania homegrown bred kid. You know, I used to live in Perrysburg and moved to, you know, Northview. And um meant a lot for where I came from, you know, playing in-house to, you know, being a captain on a program like Northview. It was um, very humbling and always cherished that moment. And... Uh, it was, I think the only time I ever got vocal was when we had like a fight with BG and we got kicked out of the locker room uh, and everybody was about ready, you know, you know, you know screw the coaching staff. We're going to stay in here. This is our locker room. And I just stood up and I was like, the right to be in this locker room is earned. It's never given or it's never required. So I told everyone's like, we're going to take our stuff out of the locker room. We're going to deal with a really hard week of practice. And then we're going to have to earn this right back. And I think at that moment, senior, that was like a turning point where we just banded together. Cause that was a really tough week. Wow. A lot of bagging. I remember. And, um, just kind of a wake up call to like, you know, this is reality. You, what happened isn't what that program's about. And, um, yeah, we definitely earned our way back into locker room that week and after that weekend. And I think truly that that was a turning point because, you know, there's our captainship, you know, then you have captains of teams that are kind of like, you know, that buffer a little bit, I would say. And as um, soon as you, you know, turn away from the captains of the ship, you know, then season's basically lost at that point. And I don't think we go to the States if, we don't leave that locker room. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty heavy duty. So, um, that, I mean, that I would think that probably left a big imprint with the younger guys by the way you guys handled that. And, uh, I'm sure it probably, probably put a footprint also into the minds of your coaches too, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, I I would like to think that. I really do. Um, you know, I have a lot of guys that always come up to me, and it's a lot of guys who really only played JV or played their one game on senior night and just always thank me for, you know, what I've done for the program and just never treating them like they're different. Like, it's one big program, and that's what high school is. It's varsity JV. It's one big program. It's one big family what team you're on and I always try to you know make sure I treat everyone the same and the same amount of respect and just because I was on a different team didn't make me better than anyone else Mm. okay so now you you finish at Southview and of course you got plenty of experience uh playing at Nationwide and you talked about the humidity um did the size of the crowds at all uh like not freak you out, but like make you kind of go, wow. Um, I think the very first year we were at States warming up, um, which that first year I had like a garbage goal game or garbage goal in the uh, semifinal. But the very first warm up, you just kind of, you know, you quickly take it in and see just all the stands or fans in the stands and it's all on one side. So it's all on the bench side for the most part. And then you have everybody like sprinkled around, but for the most part, everybody was on the bench side and you you just try to really take it in real quick. And then that's it. You just put it behind you and then you just do your thing and warm up. And then, you know, you go about the rest of your game and that's really all about the time you get to kind of think about it. 
Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, because that is, that can be, for some kids, they can be intimidated by that. I mean, uh, I can remember in juniors, we had a, back in the day, we used to, there used to be a team in Dubuque. Uh, they lost their USHL team, so they put a team in our league. Uh, back then, it was the Central States League. And uh, we put in, um, we, uh, so we traveled out there to their arena, and it was huge. I mean, it was it was like it was like uh, any of the local arenas here, uh, the smaller arenas where you got the fans on one side and the benches on the other. Well, in Dubuque, they had it like that, but it wasn't like where you could only fit like maybe fifteen hundred or so fans. You know, I mean, you could fit like I think it was something like four thousand, four thousand oh, wow. fans. Yeah, and, and and stuff, and that place was packed for opening night. We were there opening weekend. And I mean, it, it, you, I, I talked to some of the players back then and they told me, they're like, man, when you, when you walk out there, you're used, I mean, you're used to playing basically in front of uh, family and occasionally some scouts, you know, when you play junior, but I mean, when you got, you know, better part of 4,000 strong, uh, telling you, you suck and you're horrible, uh, and calling you names, uh, in, in between, uh, swilling their beer, uh, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it, it was like a minor league, it was like minor league hockey. It really it had that feel to it and over yeah. there and stuff. And of course now they're back in the USHL, but I mean, still it was, it was pretty crazy. And, uh, and that's why, that's why I was asking about the, you know, playing a nationwide that had to be, you know, I was wondering if it was pretty exciting and then, you know, um, intimidating at all, but that's why I asked that because I mean, it, it, back when we played over at the five star, I don't remember what the name of the arena was like the enormous dome or whatever. Heck, I don't remember, but uh, still it was big, you know, it was big. And I was up at the top of the, I was up at the top and like uh, they are in, uh, in, in minor league arenas and stuff. So it kind of had that pro feel to it. And it was kind of cool, but I still, uh, like I said, I wouldn't trade uh, being in Toledo for anything. Cause Dubuque was, uh, it's an interesting town. I'll just put it, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, so um, now you make the transition to Toledo. You get recruited by OMI. You try to play, you figure you give it a, a shot for a year. I, I ask this question of most everybody. What was it like for you when you first walked into that locker room, when you first decided you were going to try out? Uh I thought it was really cool kind of just having, um, you know, being in Murphy, we have our own like locker room separate and it's like narrow and rectangular. And then when you go in the Cherokee one, it's a big square. So just more room and you can see everybody. And, uh, you know, I just walked in and I was like, this is pretty neat. You know, you got the uh, rubber done, you got the carpet and, um, I just thought it was really cool. I was kind of like when I was like, okay, see how this goes. And if on team, definitely going to play. And uh, not that it was just sold on a locker room, but I think just walking back into a locker room was something that I really wanted and was sold on. Okay. So did you have any, any guys that you uh, played with before that were on that team the first year? Yeah. So I played with, Kyler in high school, obviously T.O.'s son. And, um, I played with Turner and Noah Sandersky in house rec for like a couple years. Um, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I played against Nate Gay in high school. Uh, he played against the Pisanis in high school. So I knew quite a bit of people. Um, I'm still like, Omi was like really the only person. I knew from, oh, and Nick Bodie played with him in high school. I think, yeah, just some of the guys that I played with and played against and just kind of, at least I knew some people I was comfortable talking to. So I was going to say, did you feel at all intimidated in the Cherokee locker room? I mean, it's, um, it's, it's easy to sometimes. Not so much intimidated. I guess I'm just awkward meeting new people. So I just kind of wait to, uh, find when I can kind of chime into certain conversations or just kind of feel out some of the vibes in the locker room or like how some people are and uh, before I can really um, 
you know, just be myself. Mm, okay. Well, um, when uh, when you got when you got in there, uh, what was the role they wanted you to uh, uh, play, and what was the was it like conducive to what you were hoping for? I guess that would be the question I'd ask. Um. Yeah. I mean, Tia basically just you know, and Kenny, you know, when I went in there for the guy out and the out meeting, um, you know, basically. Lay out the tail, just like, I just want you to what you brought to high school, bring it here. You know, all the little things, working hard. I was a big part of the PK, um, just because I already knew the system, because the same system we ran at Northview, and um, just a lot, of, a lot of the same things. You know, nothing wasn't going to be expected to score like sixty goals in a season. It's never something I'm going to be probably expected to ever would have been would have been expected to do. Um, it was just, you know, play within my style, which is do the little things right. And, you know, those goals and chances will come. Um, but just really making sure work hard and just kind of be that kind of leader um, or that kind of person, you know, on the team, just making sure working hard, little things and responsible. Well, uh, let me ask you that. Do you remember – your first game in a Cherokee uniform, do you remember anything like who your line mates were or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't even, I, oh, we played Pittsburgh. Um, we, it was actually a away game in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think my one line mate was Thalen, and the other one, I think, was either Dom or Mike Pisani. Almost positive. I was lined with just about everybody on that team at one point <laughs> or another during the year. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you have anybody that you felt you clicked with best, better than others? Or, um, yeah, I mean, I felt really comfortable playing with the Pisanis just because I figure, uh, I feel like we played very similar styles, just kind of rumble tumble game and get our chances and you know just make it hard on other people. Um, I mean, I felt comfortable playing with. Turner, I felt, you know, I don't, I don't think I actually was line mates with Z Bob at the time, but I definitely feel like I could have been comfortable playing with him as well. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm one of those players that, very, I'm a, like a glue guy, and I can just play with, you know, anyone where I'm pretty comfortable. But really felt comfortable with the Fasanis. Okay, um, do you remember your first goal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because I was listening to a, one uh, the Dom Ananelli episode and uh-huh. talking about how he's on everybody's first goal puck. Well, those <laughs> people were playing Michigan Mountain Cats, and it was just like some nothing spectacular, just you know, just like a junker goal, like I'm used to scoring. But uh, you know, it finally happened. It was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and, and it's starting to eat at me. And I think a lot of the guys in TO. And Kenny saw that, and um, when I scored, it was like a sigh of relief, and everybody was pretty pumped. But yeah, Ananelli's definitely on that puck, and I think Mike Pisani's on there as well. <laughs> that cracks me up. That whole story with uh, Dominic Antonelli being on everyone's first goal. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is too funny. Oh, it rings man. true. It rings true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, Dom's a great guy. Uh, now. Uh, as far as uh, when you played in that first year, um, you know, you talked about playing with different folks. Do you think that that may have, uh, did that help you or did that uh, give you uh, some difficulty as far as trying to develop a chemistry with, uh, with folks? Yeah, I think for me, you know, it's frustrating, especially when you think you got chemistry going and then all of a sudden you're, going to a different line or lines changed. But, you know, that year we struggled a lot as a team. We had bright spots, and then overall we just kind of, you know, we just never really strung wins together like you probably should have. And, um, you know, it's it just at that point as a coaching staff, you got to try to throw lines together you think is going to work, work together and produce and get those wins. And, you know, I attribute to, you know, struggles as a team to always having different 
lines and um but you know like i said i usually it takes like a practice or two and then i'm comfortable and then i'm ready to go in a game so it, i mean you learn tendencies in a game and when you play with each other like a whole year whole year you should know some of the tendencies so you know eventually thrown on a line with whoever shouldn't be too hard especially as like the year um progresses okay well uh so let's talk about what it was like for you um during in the locker room or on the road uh there probably had to be a lot of fun uh craziness going on there though with the bonding uh as far as you know wise acres and everyone you know practical jokers and guys uh, uh yeah. pulling ribs on you yeah definitely i remember uh <laughs> one of the practices i came in and i just like i was coming over late from working at wendy's because i worked at wendy's at the time mm-hmm. and um for whatever reason i went to move my helmet at first and there's like a cup of water sitting underneath my helmet soaked my wendy's work clothes so get all of that and then go use the bathroom come back get my rest of my gear on and they put another one underneath my helmet and got me again literally the oh my God. same um i'm very you know i'm a, I'm a global guy I'm not gonna lie you know, I'm a, I'm a smart kid, but, you know, I definitely can fall for some of the same stuff twice. So, um, yeah, that was one of the moments where I was like, okay, playing, playing jokes is fun. And it's definitely something that is anything that's harmful. So, um, yeah, there are some of the good memories of just being new on a team and seeing just feeling that out. Because, you know, high school, we didn't really... You know, play a whole lot of jokes on each other just because you know high school but, but yeah you could do that in high school so uh, yeah. but uh, but um so now you know but and, and i look at it this way if they didn't care enough about you to want to include you in the practical joke department uh that would i would be more concerned if they didn't care enough about you that they would ignore you but if they think enough of you that they are willing to include you, then I say, you know, that's a that's a thumbs up. But yeah, you're right. Uh, getting having the water in the bu- in the bucket and and or in your uh, knee pads or elbow pads or whatever, no fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I attribute to that just me being like super laid back. They knew I wasn't going to be upset by any means. They knew I'd laugh at it, and I think that goes a long way as well. Yeah, true. That's true. Now. Um, who would you say back then, at least in the first year, who would you say was uh, you, the biggest, uh, I, I would say, ribber? Okay, who, who was the guy that would uh, like to play the most practical jokes or try to pull something on somebody? Um, I think it's oh, it was a lot of like the guys who play with your, played with each other the year prior. So, you know, you had Brody, Z-Bob, Turner, uh, Bogey. Yeah, a lot of those guys just, you know, chiming in there, playing their jokes. And then, you know, Z-Bop's cousin, Billius, he even got involved and played some pranks and whatnot. So um, you definitely had a good run for a little bit. The easiest guy to prank was probably Will Bennett, but um, just because I don't know why, but uh, I think he's probably the easiest one to get. <laughs> so every so was he like the like if, if if they needed to like beef up their numbers as far as pranks go they would just automatically go over to bennett and hit him yeah i think so i think uh you know he was pretty gullible kid so <laughs> oh they we all are at some point in our lives i guarantee you that so <clears throat> um so xavier so um you know, you, like you said, there were some struggles in that first year in terms of the record and everything. But um, how now? How, you played. You played what? Two seasons in Toledo? Uh, just one. Um, my second okay. season, I played out in New York. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that here shortly. But um, tell me, what did you? What was your takeaway as far as uh, playing in Toledo that that first year? Uh, that you played juniors uh, as far as what did it do to help you as far as growing 
and making you um, feel like you, you know, I mean, from a from a maturation level, what did uh, playing juniors that year, that first year, uh, do for you? Yeah, I think you know, I first and foremost love getting the chance to play at home. Um, I really do cherish and loved every bit of playing for the Cherokee. Now, me going out to New York, the, uh, people might say otherwise, but I really did love playing for the Cherokee. Um, I think, you know, maturation-wise, you know, it definitely matures you playing in a different league. You're playing against you know, guys that are like 20 years old and you're fresh out of high school. Um, it's kind of like how Kaji can be playing against like 25, 26-year-old kids, um, men at that point. But I think it, you know, it enables you to take on a whole different responsibility. Um, you know, you could be taking classes and juggling class in school and hockey, or you can be working and juggling working and playing hockey. And, you know, it really makes you more aware of, of like time management. And, um, you know, again, just not take a lot of things for granted because you just, you know, you only get so many years of playing hockey and you just never know when it's going to be like you're actually playing hockey. And um, I just think it really did help mature in a lot of ways where it, you know, helped my growth and being a leader and just being eventually more outgoing and uh, relaxed in social situations. Okay, that's pretty cool. Now, um, you know, you so you play that year. Um, what did you notice? What was the big adjustment you had to make when it came from playing high school to playing junior? Was there a big adjustment, or what was the biggest surprise you found in playing juniors after playing high school? Um, I guess you know, playing high school. Playing for Northview was pretty quick pace games just because you play all those Cleveland teams. So um, I think playing in juniors was a lot more physical. Um, that first game, I took uh, elbow right to the face, not even called, and mouth was just bloodied instantly. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that was probably the very first thing I noted was, you know, it's uh, more physical and that's kind of a little more cutthroat you know in high school you, you can't get traded you know that's that's something that doesn't happen in high school so you know you play juniors and people are getting cut people are getting traded and i just i think i realized at that point like this is serious and you know wins and losses are serious and um you know production and stuff like that is pretty serious but so uh you uh play the year in toledo um after that year what was it that gave you the thought of why did what was it that put you in new york uh i got invited to a showcase out in new york and um so i went out there and uh, a lot of fun i tore it up and i haven't like played four games it was like chowder cup or something like that um had a bunch of points and the only game we lost with the team that i was on which we bonded really quick together like over a weekend um we got dummy by this western canada team where most of the guys end up playing major junior we all like 10 to 3 or something like that but uh you know i think you know, I got a call from Mike Stanaway because he was going to be the coach of the New York Aviators at the time and, you know, one of on the team and, you know, I talked to CEO and Kenny about it and some of the guys on the team at the time that I played with last year and was like, I think about going to play in New York, you know, and just had that, you know, tough conversation. I think it was, you know, am I ever going to live or experience New York outside of, playing hockey there like if i'm am i ever gonna be able to travel there and um you know at the time i didn't know and i just think that's something that you can't pass up i feel like if anybody was given that offer to go play hockey in new york in brooklyn which is like a 20 minute subway ride from city itself i don't i don't think anybody's gonna pass that up well that's understandable so 
So you go to so you go to Brooklyn. Uh, what was that like? What were the conditions like there? What was the arena like? I mean, paint me a picture. Uh, so the arena was in an in an abandoned like air hangar, like plane hangar. Um, that they turned into like a little recreation thing. There's two rinks in there, and we played obviously in the larger rink, and um, it played a lot like a like a semi-pro league, like the rink did itself, like the way the glasses were, the glass was, and the ice was. You know, we'd go practice, they'd cut it, then they'd dry cut it, and then they'd cut it again, so the, the ice was always smooth. There's no rut in it, like, ever. Always smooth. Um, you know, living in New York, I lived with 10 other guys. I had probably the best billet parents I could ever ask for. They were awesome. I still keep in contact with them. I visited them after playing That's in New York. So ten guys? Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Lived with ten other guys. There's two houses. When I There's the Brooklyn house and there's a Long Beach house. I was in the Brooklyn house. And uh, the, the other side, the other house had about ten other guys, too. The only... People that didn't live in the houses were the local guys that played on the team, and that was maybe five of them. Um, but it was awesome, honestly. It was so cool. A lot of cool guys on that team. A lot of characters. Uh, you know, basically, there's a lot of kids that came from Marquette in the Minnesota League, and um, other guys that were just pulled together from a bunch of other teams. It was kind of just like a makeshift team work. One of the older kids in the league, too, at the time as well. A lot of us were 20, um, 19, 20. And uh, it was uh, um, was cool. I liked it a lot. So, I mean, was there a big difference in the style of play or pace of play between New York and Toledo? Yeah, New York is often us. Uh, I mean, you had some of your physical games, but that was when we played usually like Syracuse. They're more lunch pail type team, um, but for the most part, it was a lot of finesse, so a little faster pace. And uh, since it was a college developmental league, you we had to go back to wearing cages, so that kind of sucked. Just because I liked wearing a visor, but um, but we're playing with a lot of like 16 year olds and 17 year olds. Um, so kind of a good thing we wore cages because they never paid attention to where their stick was on the ice and would have lost a lot of teeth probably. Uh, he probably would have spent a lot of time in the penalty box. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, lighting these kids up. But um, so uh, what was, um, I mean, what was your role on that team? Did it change any from what you were doing in Toledo? Uh, you know, a little bit. Um, standing away was hard on us. I remember <laughs> in August we had to run around the football field that's right outside of like the rink, and uh, you know, was walk like 15 seconds, jog for 15 seconds, sprint for 15 seconds, and we did that for like two hours in the middle of August in New York, oh. and that that was grueling. Like training camp was absolutely grueling, the hardest thing I've probably ever been through playing hockey. Um. That was something we definitely all rallied around to. Like, definitely, hey, let's just get through this, pick each other up. And that was nice. But that was, that was tough. You needed, like, a week after to recover. And, you know, we got that. You know, I think the next week was a lot lighter. But um, I remember he was really hard on us as well. But it paid, it paid its dividends, too. And, um, yeah, just different experience i think you know from what they expected is they expected a little more production out of me um you know i still did a lot of little things correctly that's one thing that they noticed and still wanted still got a lot of penalties um but i had to really earn my way into that respect as well um just because coming over you know there's a lot of guys he's already coached or seen play and um a little bit on the outside looking in. So I had to re, you know, gain that trust and that respect. And there definitely was points early on where I was kind of questioning, you know, my, my move playing out there. Like, was it really worth it? Cause I thought about 
if I would have stayed home played with Cherokee, I definitely would have had a way larger role. But um, I eventually, you know, gained that trust and that respect. So, you know, no worry at that at the end point. Okay. So, um, you know, did you have to have really long? I would think that being up there on the coast, you probably didn't have as long a road trips as you did out here in the Midwest. Um, the road. So, you know, playing with Cherokee, you get a nice little charter bus, right? Yeah. The one thing about road trips, playing in New York, we had to drive ourselves to just about every single game. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That part, I think, that part really sucked because, you know, and we never stayed in hotels. Like, we never had hotel stays, really. Um, so, like, that aspect was really weird. It was a lot of, like, day trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really trying to, you know, bond was difficult. You know, I think, you know, for my, my team standpoint, you had the two houses, and that's you're with that those houses every single day. So obviously you're gonna bond and mm-hmm. you know meshing the two houses a little bit harder. But, but um I think the furthest we drove south was where, where we had to drive was the Jersey Shore. So we had to drive all the way down to the Jersey Shore. Um you know what sucks I think the one thing that sucked was, you know, you're paying for the gas and you're paying for the tolls. Um, oh gee whiz. Was, yeah. Everything there is a toll. You, every road is a toll yep. road. Yeah, you know we, you know, at times we took like little vans, and that sucked too because those vans suck. I'd rather just be on a bus for four fourteen hours and have to take our own car or like a little van. But um, you know, I still yeah, road trips were way different. Had to adjust pretty quickly to those. Wow. So um, did. So I mean, oh man! So you you had no no uh, no hotel stays. Did you have to like play one team one day and then another team the next, where it might throw you off a little bit, or was it pretty much just uh, uh, you played the same team on a weekend? And you just went back and forth between home and the arena. Um. Yeah. So I think our only hotel stays were at nationals and. Um, like our tournaments that you get, you know, for every junior league that we're always in Massachusetts. So that's about it. And one game we played in like Maryland. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, you play Jersey Shore twice in a weekend and you're driving to and from Brooklyn twice in a weekend. Mm-hmm. Or you're playing um, like the the team that's on Long Island, you're driving to Long Island there and back the same weekend. Um, you know, that part sucks. I mean, to me, as you know, as when you're playing, you're like, oh, just get me a hotel. I'll pay a hotel, say no big deal. Um, the way you just cut down on, lot, on a lot of that driving. But there wasn't a lot of, you know, home and aways. It was a lot of uh, away, away, and then, like, come back and you play home, home again. I mean, there's some home and aways, but it wasn't all that often. Not like here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, like, uh, that had to be crazy. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine that. No bus. And you drive, had to drive yourself. I mean, when the when the when when Toledo started in the Central States League back in 80 or 92, 92-93 season, uh, some teams did, uh, they, they drove themselves to the games. Uh, I mean, that was, but early on, Toledo made the decision to go ahead and uh, bust their kids to away games because obviously when you got a team in St. Louis or, you know, you got a team, you know, there's teams up in uh, near Detroit, um, you know, it's, it's, they just made the, the decision to go ahead and, uh, and bus and in, uh, in the later part of the nineties. But uh, still the idea that, you know, you, you want all these kids, and especially in New York, that's what really gets my boggles my mind because of the traffic, the tolls. I mean, everything. I yeah. mean, that's. It, I was going to say it's a lot of liability, and you know, not it's not that it's a funny story, but we're coming back from a game in Jersey Shore, 
and you know the brakes went out in the car and there's a oh. car that stopped on like the highway that we hit and oh. uh but in new york when you're like driving in the city the speed limit on the highways there are only like 40 or 50 um I mean, we still hit it at like 40, but, you know, no one was hurt. You know, we were okay. The car was destroyed. Mm -hmm. I was in the backseat, but um, that's like one of the things I definitely remember that happened. And, um, you know, we all look back on it. All that were involved in it. We're like, yo, do you remember this? Remember when the brakes went out in the car on the way home from this game? Imagine if we just traveled by bus. This wouldn't have happened. (laughs) But (laughs) it's hard to get. But it's hard in the city to get licensing for buses, like charter buses, to drive on the highways there. So I know that plays like a big part of it. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Well, because I guess, you know, I'm so glad I'm in in the Midwest and not out east. Because, man, you got to get licensure for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being there. That was the year there was like, it was a really hard winter, like across the whole country. And we ended up having like two blizzards. And I remember us going out in the one blizzard, just walking around Brooklyn, just the whole house, just walk around, climb around Brooklyn. Cause a lot of the guys have never seen snow like that. I mean, I've never seen snow like that. Had some kids from California on the team. They've never really seen snow. So, um, just stuff like that. There's a lot of good memories. Always going to the city. Um, ended up going downtown in New York for the New Year's Eve. So I got to experience New Year's Eve in Times Square when I was there. Um, wow. That, was, that had to be pretty cool. Did you have to wear a Depends or something? Because you couldn't you couldn't really move once uh, you got settled in there. So there was three. There's two that were already back home in Brooklyn. And I was arriving like that day at like 6 a.m. I got back New Year's Eve, 6 a.m. And I was like, all right, let's need to head down there like now. And... I was pretty tired, so I was like, all right, let me take a nap. So we ended up getting down there, like, super late. Not super late, but at, like, 10 a.m. And we all just didn't eat or drink anything, like, the entire day. Like, you either make a choice where you eat and drink and, you know, risk it, or you just don't eat and drink anything all day, and you're good to go. But you pay for, like, a migraine the next day. And we ended up getting down there, and none of us Obviously, none of us were from New York. We did not know what to expect. There's barricades everywhere, right? Our mm-hmm. party have stuff blocked off, and people are like jumping barricades to get into like the like these squares that they have barricaded off. <laughs> and we all just kind of look around, hop this barricade. These other people hop the same barricade. They get caught and kicked out, and we just kind of like wiggle our way into the crowd. So we were not seen. And then we ended up staying in that spot the whole night, which was pretty cool view because we had a good view of the main stage and the ball drop. But <laughs> the fact that we somehow escaped from getting kicked like out of the city in general, once you leave those barricades, you're not allowed back in for safety reasons. And um, honestly, we felt really safe down there. All the police were there the whole time. Like they're all around, you know, talking to you and just, you know, making small talk. Like what else should they going to do there the whole day? And everybody's there the whole day. And, I was fine, and then it was about probably like 10 o'clock, I started getting really cold, and then after it, all that confetti falls down, and then the cleaning crews are instantly out there, probably about five minutes after, and then everybody is, like, rushing to find somewhere to use the bathroom, and usually in the city, (laughs) you have to pay, you have to pay something and buy something to use the bathroom, so one kid had to really go, and he's he was 16 at the time, so um, you know, he's like, I don't think I can make it to the subway. I was like, all right, let's find somewhere where we can buy something to use the bathroom. So we're trying to find somewhere and found this, like, little diner. And the line, you know, the line's huge, but that's because no one wants food. Everybody just wants to use the bathroom. And, you know, eventually gets to the subway and all the like stations that we normally take were closed, so we had to take three different trains to get just to get back to Brooklyn. So navigating that was hysterical, especially since we're all just exhausted. I'm beyond exhausted because it's such a long day for me. But um, our billet parents were nervous. You know, I text texted her, the billet mom as soon as we got back. You know, don't worry, we made it back safe. Um, they were in disbelief that we wanted to go down there to begin with, but. Um, yeah, just one of those memories that uh, you definitely cherish and just laugh about thinking about it now. 
That is funny. Now, uh, so you finished that year in New York. And um, what, uh, I mean, what was it like when you decided, wow, uh, playing competitively, uh, I'm going to be done here. Uh, was that transition difficult? Was that a hard uh, realization for you? Uh, no, you because I actually played four, I played four years at Kent State, actually. Oh, well, then all oh. the more reason. Yeah, so tell, I so tell me about that. Yeah, so I actually got a call from like a D three school. Looked it up, and it was just way too expensive. That's those things about the D three schools is they're just so expensive, and definitely how much my family sacrificed me playing out in New York and how expensive that was. Um, you know, I reached out to Kent State, and I was like, "Hey, I just want to play hockey here. I'm comfortable." Was always there at camps for Northview and. I know the campus don't need any kind of like tours. I know everything that. And um, so for my first year, like going to camps at Kent, you know, downtown kind of sucked. Like downtown was boring, super, just not really like a college town. Just the school was there and that's it. The time I went there. um, So like obviously like six years passed, but downtown was awesome. Like Kent State, such a fun time there. I love playing hockey there, even when, you know, my senior year is kind of miserable. But um, just friends you had, the memories you made, you know, being at the bars and, yeah, just a, I, lot, I, a lot of good time. The, co- the college life. That's, that's the best yeah, way we'll put it. Yeah, just that college life, um, you know, really just I played with a guy – Putita, who's probably the leading point getter at Kent State in history. And, you know, he's took me under his wing like that first year and um, like just asking questions. And uh, that first year was hard. I definitely didn't score for the longest time. That was eating at me. And a lot of guys were really poking fun at the fact about that. And that kind of ate at me too. And then it finally happened. And you know, he's definitely someone I could always talk to or, you know, some of my other buddies that I had uh, that I eventually lived with, too, that I always could talk to about stuff like that. But I had, like, the same line for three years. And that, I think that says a lot of us about us as a line. And we were um, one of the better lines in the league where we played teams like Adrian and Davenport and Michigan-Dearborn where, um, you know, Rhoda Bush played at. Adrian Armstrong played at Adrian. Um, a couple other Cherokee guys went to Adrian, and uh, you know, playing against the Lumberjacks when I was playing with Cherokee, Tyler Dalton went on to play for Dearborn. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like almost kind of came full circle playing against a lot of the local guys again. And um, I was, I love playing at Kent. It was good four years. Uh, ended up doing really well. Got a degree. Uh, not using that degree, but, you know, decided to go back to school for something else. But uh, um, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's a good thing. All right. So um, are, are, you, are, you, where, are you still out at Kent? No. So after Kent, went back home and um, worked, got a job. Eventually, you know, was trying to figure out, you know, I was applying to all these physical therapy and occupational therapy schools and didn't really get into any of them. And um, at that time, I was really thinking, like, is this really what I want to do? Because, you know, in the summer, I go to work at a camp for with disabilities and chronic and acute illnesses. And um, Camp Victory Junction, it's an amazing camp. place has my whole heart. Um, but, you know, I thought about it and I realized that's not really what I want to do. So, I'm actually in school right now for child life specialists and I basically can use my degree I got at Kent and then just take, you know, the certain classes I need to take and then can apply to the master's program. And I'm actually actually living out in Washington, going to school at Eastern right now. Eastern Washington? Yep. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, I mean, how... Uh, that, no, I, that's not. Is that the school that has the blood red football field? 
Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly super cool. It is super cool seeing it. It is really cool. With, especially with like the snow right now. Uh, it's pretty cool to see that. Wow, that is funny. Oh, man. First time I ever saw that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, because I remember, you know, Boise State has the, the Smurf turf and everything. Yep. And you got yep. the, the blood red over there for Eastern Washington. When I saw that, I was like, you know, that is really weird, but kind of cool. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah Pretty never, bright. Yeah, it gets your attention. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Xavier, before we wind her up, um, I usually have, if there's, an, is there any questions that you have as far as uh, from what, anything from during your time with the Cherokee or anything like that that you have that I can try and answer if possible? Um. I mean, if you don't, that's fine. You don't have Yeah, I don't think I do. Um, I know, you know, we're one of the, not saying we're an infamous team, but we're one of those teams at Cherokee that didn't make playoffs, and that kind of sucks. But when you think about it, it was like one of those weird rebuilding years that you have in junior for, like, even like college school. Um, it's mm-hmm. just like one of those kind of down years. And after that, obviously, you see this year and the Cherokee team's really killing it. They're really successful hitting all cylinders and it's really cool to see definitely been following them out here and uh and always you know always have part of you that will root for you know any team that you play for so yeah that's understandable but you also have to realize something too there xavier is that uh yeah that you you had you were on a team that struggled but you guys were the bridge you guys were the bridge mm-hmm. that let that team that uh allowed that kind of paved the way for the team to be successful again, you know, cause there, I mean, some teams will do that. If they go down a rabbit hole, they then forget it, yeah. but you guys never did that. And you look at, and, and, and the proof is, is when you look, when you look at how many of you guys from that team ended up playing college hockey, you don't get a lot of people uh, sniffing and whistling around you or checking you out and recruit or having wanting you to play college hockey if they didn't see any talent there and the fact is is that they did i mean whether it was all the guys that went from us to that year to eastern you know with bogey and and all those guys and turner and etc etc uh you know you had some guys that went a couple guys that went to ou um you know other guys that have played in different places you know (laughs) uh Actually, quick story about OU. So we're playing OU, and it was uh-huh. like their homecoming weekend. And this is my senior year. My senior year's kind of been a, a wash because I've been injured a lot, um, just mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of different complications. And playing down on like the third and fourth line, so it was the first time I've really been separated from my normal line. And um, it's like homecoming weekend, so they got they packed they packed pack the barn. They get a lot of fans, and they're just starting like an OU oh yeah chant. And I go down on the my offside, I always played right wing. I go down on my offside and, you know, snipe one of the goal, like snipe the goal short side. Um, he's actually from the Toledo area, the one goalie, and just silenced the crowd real quick. And we upset OU that weekend. But that was probably one of the craziest things to experience where how loud it was and then how quiet it, the rink got, like, just like that. And, um, but, you know, talk about bridge and, kind of was what it was at Kent. I think a lot of that experience from playing with the Cherokee really helped me with Kent and you know, we build it back up to, you know, I had a bad year last year, Kent did, but um, we helped build, you know, that program back up to where alumni are now donating money to it and in time and effort into a program. And I think that's, you know, I do owe a lot of being able to handle that situation to playing junior. So I think going back to that maturation thing and that's one of those things that I think I developed. That's pretty darn awesome. If you ask me, well, let yeah. me add, one last thing here. Um, I always, if you have anything you want to say to Cherokee nation, because the different eras and stuff, doesn't matter what era you play in. We get a lot of folks from all different eras that every era that listens mm-hmm. to this. So uh, is there anything you want to say to Cherokee nation? Yeah, I just want to, I think first and foremost, thank you to everyone that, 
that played before me that paved the way um, for allowing this to happen because, you know, it gave me a chance to play and gave me a chance to experience playing in hockey New York and playing college hockey and as a kid, never thought that would happen. And, um, you know, to the kids right now, playing juniors, you know, that time flies quick and, you know, don't waste it. Always cherish it and, you know, keep, never settle for where you're at right now. Like the team's pretty good right now. Don't settle, keep working hard, keep grinding, doing little things. And, um, because when it's all said and done, time to be done playing hockey competitively, it sucks. It's hard to adjust a little bit, but you know, um, it's just some of those things that we got to do at some point in life. And, uh, you know, just really cherish those memories you have with all the guys that you on, that you have on the team. Amen to that. Well, I couldn't ask a better way to close out episode 47 of the Cherokee Rewind. Xavier, I appreciate this, buddy. And, hey, let's keep in touch, man. It's always good to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Well, that's going to do it here. Episode 47 is in the books. Don't forget, you can download every episode uh, and be notified of every episode, whichever uh, platform you use, You know, whether it's iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, you can use any of those, even Podbean, right here on Podbean. Uh, you can util- utilize those, and they'll notify you. Sign up, and they'll notify you every time a new episode drops, which is usually every Wednesday and Saturday. So for my good friend here, Mr. Xavier, Xavier Sudlow, we say thank you to him. And, hey, we'll tune in to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.